You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. Coming up on the Not For The Bay podcast, we will discuss, well, recap NFL Week 7 of especially this most recent game tonight, the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears. Surprising uh, win for the for the Chicago Bears. But we're gonna get get to all of that, including some some trades and some possible and some injuries too as well that can affect teams. But you know how these things kick off. Salonel gets us right with the intro. Ain't no love lost, I'll just move how I move Jockin' for position, I fightin' in with two Whoa, I got these niggas rattled, got these bitches so loose Tell them on the tone while she blow on my flu I got biggie dreams, give me, give me the loot Don't put no selling on me, I'ma shoot through the roof Every day I wake up, I'm tryna blow it down This beat is knockin' weed, hittin' while I move through the town I discover what it's like to say, fuck it You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something Took a little minute, but I like who I'm becoming. Yep. All right, it is now 11.31 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the New England Patriots, the Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots game. Unfortunately, we're still on the East Coast. We didn't move, we didn't move around. Uh want to welcome you guys into the Not For Debate podcast. Um, it's It's been a very, very surprising week seven. Like, there's a saying out there where for the NFL, it's, it's uh, well, how does it go? I want to say it's called uh, any given Sunday. I believe it. I believe that's the saying, and I'm referring this to the amount of underdogs that end up came coming in and winning this this past weekend. Uh, when we talk about some, we're talking about some sure some sure thing bets, whether it be the New England Patriots tonight versus the Chicago Bears, whether it be the New England excuse me the Green Bay Packers, I'm sorry, Green Bay Packers over the Washington Commanders or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Carolina Panthers, which I'm pretty sure everybody's ticket was messed up unless you 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 sat down with the right fortune teller and they gave you all the right picks. But again, another another down week for me as far as me making placing bets. Everybody has a friend where they're like, hey, yo, these are these are the sure thing. These are the sure thing. So the Green Bay Packers game was a game that screwed me, really screwed me. Where I'm thinking I didn't I didn't take the points, I didn't do the over and under. Like of course I did I did one with you, but I did a separate one just to you know make my money back. So I I just did straight up money line. Took the Packers, that was a dud. Uh, then of course I did a uh, I did one for the for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that was a dud. So it's it's just a terrible. It's just, it's just a terrible year for me as far as sports gambling for me. Like it's it's ridiculous, man. But on the flip side, fantasy is fantasy football is looking up. We finally got off that losing streak. So I'm extremely excited about that, especially with this one trade that that really affects my fantasy team moving forward in a positive way. But let's go ahead and get into the Chicago Bears and this and this New England Patriots game where Clearly, the, the clear-cut underdog was going to be the Chicago Bears, and I was extremely surprised that the Chicago Bears actually came out here and was able to put up 33 points during the course of this game. I, I'm thinking like this, 
like the Chicago Bears really struggled against everybody. The the magical genius of of Bill Belichick was going to be able to scheme up a defense to stop the Chicago Bears and possibly hold them to negative five points or something like that. That's how confident that I was that the Chicago Bears were not going to be able to move the ball against this New England Patriots team. But I'm wrong again when it turns come to turn turns out. Offensive coordinator decided to let it, let Justin Fields loose, had him run around a little bit. Uh, Justin Fields led the team in the team in rushing with 82 yards and had a touchdown, averaging 5.9 yards a carry. Uh, as far as throwing, 13 for 21, 179 yards, one touchdown and one interception. But uh, we're, we're, we we see some improvement with the offense. I want to look at the positive with that. We see some improvement with the offense. Like don't have Justin Fields come out there, be as stationary, have him move around, use his legs. Like I, I feel like. The Chicago Bears could adapt their offense to something more in tune to what the what the Baltimore Ravens have. You know, do do a little do a little bit of read option. Have Justin Fields running with the ball a little bit. I think the last time I checked, Justin Fields runs like a four three forty. So I feel like that would benefit him a lot. Like not a, not throwing the ball as much. Um, I feel like the twenty one attempts that was that's 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 good enough for him. Anything higher than that, I feel like that could that can be troublesome as far as going into the turnover category. But I felt like they did an excellent job running the football. Uh, David Montgomery contributed with fifteen carries, sixty two yards. Khalil Herbert contributed with twelve carries for sixty two yards. So they have three guys. They have three guys that can that can get the, get it done on the ground. Like it's low risk, high reward when you be able to run the football, and it opens up a lot of things uh, when you're able to run the f- a ball effectively. So, I would I would expect the Chicago Bears to continue with success, go out there, play good defense, and just do not turn the ball over and just rely on your on your heavy hitters as far as your rushing attack, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert. Now I will say on the flip side, on the fancy perspective, like y'all got to make up your mind who y'all want to who you want to run with the ball because. I, I I got both these guys, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Like you got to let me know, like, I, well, who I got to talk to to know, like, what the game plan is, who's going to get the the lion's share of the love uh, for that game coming up because, like, this is getting crazy. I'm like the game when David Montgomery came back uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm thinking, all right, we're gonna ease him back into the offense and whole time Khalil Herbert over here. The whole time Khalil Herbert not get, didn't get any carries. They literally gave all the carries to David Montgomery. So my fantasy team suffered that game. So like it's it's about that time for us to figure out who's going to be the guy and who's going to be who's going to be the speller here because I I can't I can't take too much of this. But a phenomenal win for the Chicago Bears. This is definitely a morale booster considering the fact that you came you came into the New England Patriots and it's extremely extremely difficult for you to come into Foxborough and win a game in Foxborough and you took care of business on a national stage. It's definitely not a good look for the New England Patriots. Now on the flip side for the New England Patriots, I am so happy we put this quarterback controversy to rest because there have been folks out there very close to me. I'm not going to mention any names. I don't like telling other people's business that have jumped up and down for Bailey Zapp to be the guy. He's way better than Mac Jones. And I'm just like, yo, you just got to sit here and wait and see because uh, you get a couple of games of Bailey Zapp. Not a, not a lot of defensive coordinators have a lot of tape on Bailey Zapp. We don't know what his tendencies are. We got to wait. Mac Jones, on the, on, a, on the other hand, we've seen Mac Jones for the past, what, year, year last year, and a couple of, and a game this year before he got injured. Like it's going to take some time. Offensive, offensive play calling was is a little bit sketchy. I was especially that that read option to Jacoby Myers. That was stupid. Why would you Why would you run that? Like those are the type of play calls I'll be talking about. But 
I'm so happy we put this thing to be- put this thing to rest because uh, Mac Jones started the game off uh, three series. Obviously, hasn't played in a couple of games. I'm expecting him to be a little bit rusty, and I felt like after he threw that interception, that was a little bit unfair to him, considering the fact that again he was rusty. He hasn't played in a couple of games. He got to get his get his feet under him, and by Bill Belichick pulling him out the game and putting in Bailey Zap, I understand Bailey Zap at the time provides a spark for you, but. Mac Jones is your starter. You got to roll with your starter. And I'm not going to say I was happy, but it, it shows now that we know Mac Jones is the guy. Bailey Zapp threw the two interceptions in the second half, even though he had a, a phenomenal first half where it was like, people was tweeting out that he should be in the running for rookie of the year. Like that's how serious it got uh, for, for Bailey Zapp. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, can we just give this guy a couple more games before we end up sitting down and having this conversation? And like, I feel like the whole team, the whole team for the New England Patriots really elevated, uh, when, when elevated when Bailey Zapp came into the game. I felt like the defense was playing a whole lot better. Um, they were playing lights out. I felt like Ramondre Stevenson, he was stepping up and, 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 and putting in some serious work for, for the New England Patriots for Bailey's have to be successful too. So if we could continue that formula with Mac Jones in the lineup, I feel like the, the New England Patriots would be just fine as far as offensively. And of course, not the bonehead play calling. I, I, I don't understand some of the play calls that go in for the New England Patriots. Who is calling the plays? Like, is it, is it Matt Patricia or is it the other guy? But the play calling is 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 ridiculous for the New England Patriots. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely not on board with that. Uh, before we get into the other games, I wanted to go ahead and touch on, uh, like I said, this this groundbreaking trade. Even though the 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 value of it was not that great, but uh, the James Robinson trade. Now, unfortunately, Brees Hall, the running back for the New York Jets, was placed on injury reserve due to a, a season-ending injury. Uh, he was definitely going to be in the running for offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, excuse me. Um, and it's unfortunate, but the New, England, the New York Jets, they went out and they made a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars, ended up acquiring uh, James Robinson um, for a conditional pick. I believe it's a six round pick that can turn into a fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think this is a phenomenal, this is a phenomenal move for, I'm not even thinking about the teams. Well, I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about the teams first. Phenomenal move for the New York Jets. Even though you still have Michael Carter on the roster, who's a pretty good back, I feel like that's a it's a great move for the New York Jets because James Robinson brings a lot to the table. He runs the ball hard, like literally is a is a is a volume back. So it'll be, Michael Carter will be an excellent compliment for him. Now, when you look at the the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, let's uh, like I, I hate calling people boneheads, <laughs> boneheads, dummies, but I'm I'm nobody's going to ever change my mind. I feel like that 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 draft pick that they wasted on Travis Etienne two years ago in a draft. That was a waste of a pick. You had James Robinson. James Robinson was proven was in the runner for rookie of the year. What was the point of you drafting? Travis Etienne, when you have a guy like I felt like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they had they had some they had some pressing needs more than running back. And that's that bonehead Urban Mario. Like I cannot stand Urban Meyer the way he did James Robinson. His time is that one year with with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was ridiculous. There was a game too, also with Travis Etienne towards ACL and he was out for the season last year. It was a game where. He decided to start um, 
Carlos Hyde over over James Robinson. I'm like, yo, that's a spit in the face. How you going to do that to James Robinson? So I like the situation for James Robinson. I feel like we, we were sitting down at the draft. We were sitting down having a draft party a couple of years ago. It was like, what the hell? Why is it a stupid? Why is it a stupid pick? It was a very stupid pick. Like he was a very stupid pick. Like you just really went back into the first round, if I'm not mistaken, to get a Travis Etienne when you have a back already on your roster. We you could have got somebody else that could have that's more of a pressing need. But it's a good it's a good situation for both running backs. Travis Etienne, he he get he's the guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars moving forward and. For James Robinson, he gets to be the guy in New York, which I feel like New York is going to be an excellent spot for him. Uh, moving forward, New York is the big apple to get a lot of recognition there. If you don't know who James Robinson is now, you're definitely going to know who he is. If you don't know who James Robinson was before, you definitely going to know who James Robinson is now because you in the big market. James Robinson is a good running back, and I feel like he's going to do a phenomenal job for the New York Jets. So by, uh, beware, this guy is about to go off. Uh, for the New York Jets, but in in fantasy perspective, for me, this how this screwed well. I, I, this how this screwed me up because we did a keepers league. I had James Robinson on my roster because of the fact that Travis Etienne was out for the season last year, and I was like, "Yep, you go get the boatload of the carries." And I'm just monitoring the Jacksonville Jaguars throughout the whole season last year. And I'm like, yo, this dude, he's not getting no carries. And I'm seeing Carlos Hyde getting love. I'm like, yo, what is going on here? Like, this is ridiculous. So I was just like, yo, this is, this is Urban Meyer, yo. It's literally Urban Meyer. So I didn't end up keeping James Robinson this year for the Keeper League because I didn't know how that situation was going to pan out between him and Travis Etienne. And uh, it, 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 James Robinson got the boat bulk share of the carries at the time but now Travis Etienne is the guy so we can continue to move forward and now we're looking good like our fantasy football running backs right now Travis Etienne Josh Jacobs is now coming coming into his own with this with this Josh McDaniels offense man if we could just get some if we could just get some consistency out of Aaron Jones because he, he had a good week this week, too. But if we can get some consistency out of Aaron Jones and also with my other running back. Who's my other running back? Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. Oh, and the situation between Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. If we can get some consistency there, like it's going to be pretty hard to beat us. If we can get, if we have three, four running backs on on our starting lineup, two, two, run, two running back starters and two flexes. Two running back starters and two flexes. So if, if, we, can, if we can get some consistency there, like it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for us to. It's gonna be tough for us to lose. Like literally, it's gonna be tough, tough for us to lose because, like, if we can get twenty, like again, twenty points per back at least. Twenty points per back. These are all starting running backs. It's a wrap, yo. We got a three-headed monster. And then, and then, like I said, I got Kyler Murray on my roster, and and DeAndre Hopkins just came back. Which is going to be a perfect segue for us to get into that Thursday night game from last week. The offense looked completely different. Now the Arizona Cardinals end up winning this game, forty-two to thirty-four. Yeah, the all like again, the offense looked completely different. It looked it looked so different. Like it looked it looked a whole lot better. And then of course you added, um, Robbie Anderson. Couldn't think of his name. Robbie Anderson in a via trade from. The Carolina Panthers. I feel like this is a brand new Carolina, I mean, uh, Arizona Cardinals offense that's going to be able to move the football up and down the field. And Kyler Murray's going to end up, going to end up flourishing. Now, they definitely got to get Connor, Connor, um, 
James Conner back, but just looking at DeAndre Hopkins' his first game back for the Arizona Cardinals, 10 catches, 103 yards. Like, they want to get him involved, and they want to get him involved often. And, like, we definitely need him. And, like I said, Robbie Anderson coming into the mix due to the Hollywood Brown injury, uh, moving some Rondell Moore in there, doing some gadgety stuff. Like, I feel like that's going to work out perfectly for the Arizona Cardinals, especially for me on the fantasy team as well. But I will, I want to give kudos to the Arizona Cardinals defense because they was able to force some turnovers and, uh, end up putting Arizona Cardinals on top with Andy Dalton end up throwing, was it three picks, three picks. And it, it just went, it just went sideways in that second half uh, due to, due to the turnovers. I mean, excuse me. It went sideways before the, before the second half due to the turnovers. Like it, it, it just, the New Orleans Saints just could not recover from that. Um, uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. For once, the Baltimore Ravens didn't end up blowing a lead. They end up winning a final score of twenty-three to twenty. Like I said, the ups, one of the biggest upsets of the week was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers end up winning this game twenty-one to three, even though like you was out without their starting run quarterback and Baker Mayfield. PJ Walker came in there, did a phenomenal job for the Carolina Panthers. Threw two touchdowns, didn't throw in no interceptions. Uh, considering the fact that they're, they're nuking this bitch in Carolina right now, like they just traded Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they just traded Robbie Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals. Like they literally nuking this mug and nobody was expecting the Carolina Panthers to win, a, win this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no matter how bad the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were struggling. Like they was not expecting this. And for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come out here and only put up three t- three points and no touchdowns, like this is very, very disappointing. And this falls back on Tom Brady. Yes, I know Mike Evans ended up dropping a touchdown pass, but it comes back on t- to Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady got to play better. We keep on tiptoeing around the situation with Tom Brady, what he's going through in his personal life, but it's, ex- it's, expect- it's affecting him as far as his play. Like... It- these these things are very very tough to go through. That's why I'm, I'm being a little bit more envious than when I'm being more judge being judgmental about it. But these are tough things to touch, try to work through because it's always on your mind. Like you can't never, you can't really lose focus, change your focus to something else because of the fact that it's it's just it's just a troubling thing, and it's just hard to go through. Uh, so I'm actually rooting for Tom Brady to you know get get out of this slump. Uh, for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it looks like it's contagious onto the onto the remainder of the on the rest of the offense and on the team too as well. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons at the Cincinnati Bengals. This game, the Cincinnati Bengals had an offensive explosion. Um, Joe Burrow was lights out during the course of this game. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow was at lights out this. During the course of this game, he was 34 for 42, almost for 500 yards and had three touchdowns. Um, was, 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 was dicing them up. And Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, they were the top guys that yesterday evening with 155 yards for Tyler Boyd, 134 yards for Jamar Chase and a couple of touchdowns. So like if, if the Cincinnati Bengals can be consistent with this, moving forward they're going to be a very very tough team to beat because they have three dominant guys at the receiver position Joe Burrow slicing them dicing them defense is fairly decent 
Like, this is what we've been wanting out of the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, where has this been? Like, this has been extremely dormant. Like, this needs to be happening on a consistent basis for the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward. So this is a good sign that the Cincinnati Bengals may be back. We don't know. Dak Prescott's first game back as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback uh, against the Detroit Lions. They end up winning a final score of 24-6. not a bad game for for Dak, honestly. I feel like this is something that he's going to have to ease his way back into. I felt like the the Dallas Cowboys defense has carried the Dallas Cowboys uh, throughout the season thus far, um, and I'm expecting him to continue to do it, even though on the ground, Tony Pollard, 12 carries for 83 yards. Dak was getting everybody involved on the offense. Also, Dawson Schultz's return, I felt like, helped out a lot too as well. So, We'll see. The Dallas Cowboys are still in the mix as far as the NFC East. Another NFC East team, the New York Giants, the surprising New York Giants that are sitting at 6-0 and end up defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-17. Um, they continue, they, the New York Giants continue to find ways to win. And I got to tell you, like since Darius Slayton has been back in the lineup, Daniel Jones has actually been looking like a fairly decent quarterback. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you. Like, he's looking really good. So, I'm not, like, continue the success in New York Giants. I know they have, like, a like a, a slide of games that's, like, going to be, you know, not as competitive. So, they have a, they have an opportunity where they can actually literally make a run at the, at this NFC East division. So, I'm I'm looking forward to watching them moving forward. Another game, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans end up winning this game at 19-10. to 10. Uh, I, I, I believed in the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know what is what, what the situation is with the Indianapolis Colts. I know they just announced today that they're going to be benching Matt Ryan. Um, that's going to be interesting moving forward. Uh, but... Uh, Tennessee Titans are another team where they're just scratching and clawing, just finding ways to win because I, I just don't believe in their offense as far as being on a playoff caliber level. So we'll 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 continue. I want to I want to read a little bit more into this Indianapolis Colts situation with the with the quarterbacks with with Matt Ryan before I want to say anything about it. But it's 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 definitely interesting how they're going to end up proceeding moving forward. The other disappointing game was the Green Bay Packers. And the Washington Commanders. Like, I'm thinking, this is, you You can beat the Washington Commanders. Like, the Washington Commanders are not that good. Like, I feel like the secondary was was, was not good. Secondary was not good. You could have did, moved in with ease with Tunyon, Lazard, Watkins, Dobbs. Like, I feel like it should have been easy for the for the Green Bay Packers. But it didn't end up turning to be that, it didn't end up being that easy. So, Again, the, the Packers got to figure something out. The inability to move the football, the inability to get the timing, the timing right with the receivers between Aaron Rodgers and the receivers is not right. Like we got to figure something out. And now hopefully, as far as the running back position goes, we know who the guy is. We know who the guy is. It's definitely Aaron Jones. Bump all that uh, AJ Dillon stuff. It's 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 definitely Aaron Jones. And yeah, they need to respect that. Aaron Jones, he needs to be on, on the field at all times. His ability to run with the football, catch the football. Like, there should, he should never be on the sideline. Like, I feel like he is their best player 
outside of Aaron Rodgers, there's no reason why he, he, his, 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 his love is not being respected moving forward. But the, the, the Green Bay Packers got to do something. They got to make a trade for a receiver at some time. Like they can't continue on like this and, and struggle to win games. It just, it just can't happen. All right, so we got the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos. The New York Jets are still rolling. Um, they end up winning of a final score of 16-9. to Another good week for the Jets. Uh, unfortunately, again, like we stated earlier, Brees Hall is going to be out for the season with a season-ending injury. Like he did, a, he like he's literally been running them to victory, and that defense for the New York Jets has been getting things done. Uh, Russell Wilson did end up playing this game, and ended up being why can't I think of his name off the top of my head? Uh, Brent Ripken, excuse me. Yeah, Brent Rip, Brett Ripken, excuse me, Brett Ripken. Uh, eh, sketchy. Very, very sketchy, but really, you it, it really can't get any worse, or you can't really get any worse than than how Russell Wilson had been playing for the Denver Broncos. So this was to be expected. Wasn't expecting him to be competitive defensively. The defense is there. It's just we need to do something at the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos moving forward. But I felt like this is an excellent win for the New York for the New York Jets for them to be in the mix for the NFC AFC East division. Next we have the Houston Texans and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders end up winning this game a final score of 38 to 20, which I felt I feel like the Raiders have found have found their winning recipe. And that is not throwing the ball to Devontae Parker, excuse me, Devontae Adams every single play. Like Let's go ahead and hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs for once. 20 carries to be, be exact for averaging 7.2 yards a carry and have him run us to victory and have that set up perfect passing situations for Derek Carr. It's okay. Derek Carr can go in there and he can be a game manager. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Other people do. Because they feel like once you're a game manager, you can't throw the ball. If you have a very, very effective running game, don't try to put the don't try to put the ball in the quarterback's hands when you don't need to. And I feel like moving forward, the Raiders know this now. Where yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah, they didn't give him a new contract. But we know what the winning formula is now. Hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs, which you've been doing the last couple of weeks, and you've been extremely competitive when you've done this. And have him run you to victory. Have Derek Carr play off of him. Get some play action passes going underneath the Hunter Renfro. Hit the bombshell over the top to Devontae Adams where you need to. When they start to cheat up and try to stop Josh Jacobs, do it like that. That's how you win. That's how you win football games. And look, you got got two wins now. You got two wins. So you could have had a third one. You could have had a third one last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but. You effed up. So uh, you, it's, it's, you know what it is. Don't, 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 if it's not broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's just my thing. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Another, another great week for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, like again, who would have thought, who would have thought the Seattle Seahawks would have been a competitive team after the trade with the Denver Broncos sending Russell to the Broncos and you end up getting, Whatever they had given in return, 
uh, Geno Smith, I believe they had said he was leading the league in completion percentage, still throwing that thing, still throwing it. And like, yeah. And, and, and like, it's, it's, it's crazy how that's it's looking right now for, for the Seattle Seahawks where they're actually playing competitive football. They're sitting at four and three right now. They're sitting at four and three. I am, I am surprised. I would have never have thought, I would have never have thought that the Seattle Seahawks would be having a winner record right now and actually making a, making a run, like literally making a run. Now, I also want to give a shout out to um, the running back. Kenneth Walker, man, been doing this thing the last couple of weeks. This week, 23 carries, 168 yards, uh, literally doing this thing for the for the Seattle Seahawks. Next, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers, which I felt like the this was going to be a good game considering the fact that the, the 49ers are the best defense in football, are going up against one of the best offenses in football in the Kansas City Chiefs. I felt like they, they would have canceled each other out. But I kind of felt like the Chiefs were going to win the game anyway due to the fact that the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. And in ill-advised moments, Jimmy Garoppolo Fs up and throws an interception, which he ended up doing before halftime. You were up. You were up. And you turn around and you threw an interception in the red zone, not only giving away points, but you giving the Kansas City, you giving the Kansas City Chiefs another opportunity. What do we talk about over the over the last couple of weeks with the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs, they come out there kind of slow, and then they come out, and then once they get they they fall behind, that's when they be like, all right, let's floor this mug, and then they just start. They come up, they coming up, they pulling up, and then sure enough. You helped them out by throwing an interception in the red zone, and that's how they take the lead, and they don't look back. That's just what it is with the Kansas, with the Kansas City Chiefs. They take the lead, and they don't look back. They don't care who you are. That's just what they do. And lastly, we had the Sunday night game, which I felt like I I missed. I should I should have ended up covering it last night, but uh, I've been I've been on this. Uh, I've been playing this this the, the new the new Gotham Knights game. Truly enjoying it. It's a wonderful game. Um, does kind of give me some some destiny and the division vibes a little bit, but I really enjoy the game. I really, really do enjoy the game. Like it's, I can't wait to experience the multiplayer when I find, excuse me, when I finally find somebody to play the game with. But I'm really enjoying the game. But back to the Steelers and the Dolphins, because I felt like this is to his return game. Megas Fitzpatrick comes back to Miami. Brian Flores comes back to Miami. It's it's going to be a it was a wonderful game, right? So we started off the Miami Dolphins were on the board first. They was they, they was moving the ball with ease up and down the field, moving the ball with ease. And when we got into the second half, that's when this, this I was thinking to myself during the course of the game, like yo, um, I feel like with with Deontay Johnson and and, and and George Pickens and Chase Claypool, whoever is Xavier Howard is not guarding should be able to have a good game. And like it took them a while. It took the Pittsburgh Steelers a while to get that thing going. Uh, and they ended up closing the gap in the second half. Cause like, I'm, I'm just saying like any, everybody except for Xavier Howard yeah, at Byron Jones on injury reserve right now, Anybody outside of him, they all tomato cans. 
And now I feel like this is a miraculous story because of the fact that Noah and Benogany end up getting this game sealing interception, which that was honestly that draft pick too was a little bit head scratching by Brian Flores when he was the head coach or whoever we want to put the blame on. But I'm going to go ahead and roll and roll with Brian Flores. Unfortunately, Noah and Benogany didn't play much. He didn't play much the last couple of years. And then he gets thrown in there tonight at first. You know what was crazy? Because me and Chris, I was thinking the exact same thing Chris Collinsworth was thinking uh, last night. No way big noggin. coming in. He's playing a fairly decent job. Spent right when he said that. Right when he said it. That's when he started screwing up. That's when the Pittsburgh Steelers started taking advantage of the one-on-one matchups. But. It may not have been the most prettiest thing, but Noah Embinagi showed up at the right time having the game seal the interception. I can't complain. I literally cannot complain. Did a phenomenal job. Like, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And like I always say, I felt like with Noah Embinagi, considering the fact he came into the league as the, one of the youngest players ever, and you're playing the cornerback position, a position that requires you to have ex- to get experience at, it's going to be some growing pains. It's going to be some growing pains. So I'm I'm just happy for Noah Benogany for you to get that interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers and your former head coach in Brian Flores. And it's just a good win for the Dolphins. The Dolphins are back over 500 again. They got the Detroit Lions next week. It should be a good game. And again, I'm going to continue to ride this train. <sighs> Mike Tomlin is an overrated coach. But I will say this. I will say this before, like I said, a lot of positive things about no way, but I will say this, the Pittsburgh Steelers definitely missed out on some opportunities where they could have put themselves ahead in this game. I believe like four dropped interceptions uh, in this game. And they were like, but interceptions, like there are no excuse why you drop these interceptions. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they just missed out on some, op- on some pretty decent opportunities uh, for them to win this game. But uh, that's the that's it for this edition of the Not for the Bay podcast. We will be back later on in the week. This is the Not for Bay podcast. I'm up out of here, man. You can look me in my eyes, and you know I'm up to something. Yup, 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 yup. Ain't no fucking guess me feel like Kyrie ain't no puppet. Like the heavens need an angel just for studying. Yeah, you know it's always a vibe when some real ones collide. Gotta keep some people around who know how to survive. Hustling like a nigga just arrived Around the clock a nigga loses sense of time I done been through some shit Yeah, I been through some shit But I can do it for what it's worth Can't show no love if the respect don't come first Can't pay no mind Look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something Ain't no love lost, I just move how I move